When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wosni Lambre. I haven't done mm. that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Joined, as always, man, by my brother on the west side, Nando Vila. What's up, bro? Feeling good, feeling good. Uh, you know, excited to be potting. Uh, we hung out on Sunday. That was great. You know, that was amazing. Some, grab some drinks over some in Some drinks, Venice. some tapas. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. On today's show, you know, last week we talked about the bloodthirsty corporate media. And whenever there's even a whiff of possible war, their proverbial dicks get hard and they all circle jerk about it. And obviously this Ukraine-Russia thing is no different. But Ryan Grimm of The Intercept, who I really love and fuck with, um, yeah. he's one of the good ones. Uh, yeah. He circulated a clip via his Twitter. It's just a mashup of a bunch of crazed, depraved media people like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Blah, 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 blah. It's so absurd. Um, so we're going to share that clip with you and just sort of react to it. Also on today's show, Joe Byron. <laughs> just kidding. President Joe Biden happens to be President Brandon. President Brandon. President Brandon <laughs> happens to be on a nomination spree of a lot of black judges, but also a lot of judges don't that don't come from the typical places that they usually come from, right? Like these aren't people with Supreme Court um clerkships or people from Harvard and Yale. And in many cases, some of them are, but in a lot of cases, people from backgrounds actually representing the little guy who is which means that they actually have a perspective um of the little guy. And we're gonna get into that uh a little bit because I think it's kind of interesting what he's doing at all levels of the court. And cause some people would argue that's probably what he's doing better at right now uh during his presidency uh but first up nando uh it's been months i feel like since we talked about the real president joe manchin and he's back in the news because he's blocking a nom a, a federal federal reserve reserve nomination of joe biden uh it's a woman named sarah bloom raskin you know she's worked at treasury worked she's basically an insider she's on the team is is yeah. is all you need to really know about this woman. She isn't some, you know, some radical crazy that Joe Biden has decided he's going to pander to the tree hugging libs and the crazies. Uh, she's an insider who has publicly shared the opinion that financial services in industries need to plan for the inevitable. This isn't just you know some kind of. I don't know, Nando, some like opinion of something or whatever, like it's the inevitable effects of what climate change is going to bring to financial markets. She's somebody who thinks, well, financial institutions, as well as the Fed, 
should be planning for these inevitable catastrophic effects. This isn't radical. This isn't crazy. In fact, in her letter to Joe Biden, which um, I'm going to read to you guys after Nando's reaction here, uh, she, she mentions that none other than those crazy hippies at the Defense Department <laughs> have already started very similar planning, right? Like, because everybody knows what's coming. But of course, and so Joe Manchin has decided that because it's very easy to score points on Democrats in his state, because he doesn't give a fuck about Joe Biden's administration or his agenda. And quite frankly, he loves the attention that he gets every time he does this. Uh, he's going to vote with the Republicans and he's going to strike this thing down, Nando. Um, I don't know. This is more. It, look, he's allowed Joe Biden to be president, nominate a bunch of judges and all of that stuff, which we'll get to. But this is more of the same from crazy Joe Manchin. Yeah, I mean, and I think the the more depressing aspect about it is that it shows just how bleak the situation is when it comes to climate, climate. politics. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, I mean, climate change is that thing that you don't want to think about. I don't want to think about it. Me no neither. one wants to think about it because it's fucking. Bleak. I still haven't watched Don't Don't Look Up because of that. <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. I mean, that it is a natural human reaction. By the way, is that, um, you know that there's this looming threat. I mean, it's in many cases, it's already here, you know, like we've seen tons of climate disasters that are clearly driven by uh, global warming, whether it's the, you know, fires in California, hurricanes in the Caribbean, uh, just crazy droughts in the Middle East, uh, all that stuff. Um, it's already here in many ways, but obviously the situation is going to get much, much worse. You know, to the point where like by 2050, if nothing really radical happens, um, we're going to be looking at a pretty, pretty, pretty bad situation from a, from a global humanity standpoint. And, uh, you know, I think that there's often this mistake that, um, even some climate activists make, but you know, anyone who really cares about climate broadly, where it's like the, the problem is that not enough people care, mm. you know, that not enough people care. And the thing uh. is that it's not what it, that's not really the problem. The real, the real problem is that mostly in the United States, there are no political avenues available to even do anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, this is just the latest example of how a Democratic administration with a Democratic Senate, a Democratic House can't can't do even like something as small as nominating someone to, uh, to the federal Fed. reserve who once wrote an op-ed in the New York Times, and this is like, this was Joe, this was like the real problem, is that two years ago she wrote an op-ed in the New York Times uh, where the headline was simply, the Fed should not subsidize fossil fuel industries. Like, that's it. That was the- Welfare that for was fossil the, fuel industries. Yeah, like literally public money to pump out more fossil fuels from, from the ground and, 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 you know, more create more greenhouse gas effect. So- that's that's the reality. If if people cared all like if people care a lot, but there's no nothing for them to do, then the only thing you're going to drive them to is insanity, you know, and despair. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just the latest example of, of of something in which like the smallest, most basic thing is is not is, is politically impossible in the United States. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you stop thinking about the climate, whatever, or that you stop being politically active, but it's understanding where the balance of power is and that you have to shift the balance of power, broadly speaking, in the American politics 
um, dramatically um, to even have a prayer of doing that. And we've talked about this all the time, that the way you do that, even if it's not necessarily a climate first strategy, but the way you cha change the balance of power away from corporate interests, which is what drives climate change, is through organized labor is like that. Mm -hmm. That is the best way to achieve a climate politics, even if the labor union doesn't really, you know, think about climate change that way. Yeah, it's it that they, the balance of power. Right. It's that there's enough concentrated power within the union that, you know, the people who the union feel like they want to empower will have to do certain type of shit because right. then you could be like, well, look, we want this climate shit too. And then they'll be like, all right, okay, okay. Yeah, we want to stay exactly. in power. We want this thing. All right, cool. But you have to achieve that power base first before anything is happening because there's just no political will for it. And again, it's not like Joe Biden is going to be severely uh, repercussed in the opposite, right? Like, it's not like somebody's going to be like, Joe, you couldn't whip these people into shape. You didn't yeah. do clim enough climate policy. He doesn't give a shit either. No. The Dems don't give a shit. No, I mean, think about, I mean, yes, there is some hatred, you know, toward Joe Manchin from the libs. But just imagine a world in which a Biden nominee were taken down, like if 49 senators, um, Democratic senators were in favor of some awful nominee for something. And like and, some, somebody from the and, squad took him down? Well, yeah, Bernie. Bernie down? Yeah, Bernie in the Senate was like the one vote no. voting with Republicans to take no. this awful person down. No. There would be like... There'd be a riot. They, yeah, there would be hellfire rained upon him. Bro, um, and, and everybody would get on board. But and, and look, I don't want to say that like uh, elite political media hasn't tried to shame Joe Manchin, hasn't tried to be like, yo, Joe, like, Jesus, yeah. bro, like, do, don't you want anything besides like pandering to your cold people? And it's like, no, not really. I don't want shit. I don't care about shit. I'm rich as fuck. So is my family. None of this shit matters to us. Politics don't really matter. I love having the power, but like, there's nothing that we could do, like, as a pol as a you know political body, that would. I see. I see. I'm frozen. Am I still frozen? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now you're okay, back. I'm back. Um, there's nothing that we could do as a political body that would like really make my life any better or worse. So what the fuck does Joe Manchin care? You know, like he's on his boat in West Virginia waving at the hecklers, like, <laughs> yeah, enjoy. And so, yeah, man, this is just the latest version of that. And I do want to read her. Her, her her letter to Joe Biden just saying like, yo, this is why I've taken my name out of the running. It says, this is not a radical... She's talking about why her shit got torpedoed. Quote, this is not a novel or radical position. The Department of Defense has been systematically analyzing the energy security risks of climate change for years, developing mitigation strategies to confront them. Banks and insurance companies incorporate financial aspects of extreme weather events into their plans. Farmers, ranchers, and businesses across the country already are struggling to adapt to extreme floods, hurricanes, rising sea levels, and wildfires. Central banks around the world have already begun acting on these issues. Again, like, she's just saying, like, this is, I'm, like, I'm not being some radical hippie here. I'm not yeah. being a crazy tree-hugger lunatic who's gonna, like, you know, who wants to bomb a coal plant, right? Like, I'm just being, like, the most milquetoast version of someone who's vigilant about climate change, and it torpedoed her nomination, and so now she's cooked. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it really is. It's hard to stress enough how how out of how out of bounds the United States is in, with everybody else. Yeah, with everybody else on the climate issue. I mean, and the problem is that the United States is the most powerful uh, hegemon right now. But like, for example, the Chinese Communist Party, China, you know, big bad China, are more progressive on climate than the Democrats. Yeah, like they, that's just a fact. You know what I mean? Like. Um, that the, the the obstacle to climate change is um, to to, clim to meaningful climate change kind of legislation around the world is really the U.S. Senate, um, and um, it's just the, the latest example of how our democracy, quote unquote, um, is so undemocratic that this basically coal baron that was elected by like three hundred thousand people in West Virginia can, you know, hold the world hostage. And Dude, that's that's democracy. And another thing that folks got to understand, right? Like this isn't Russia or Venezuela or Saudi Arabia, who, by the way, has already taken steps to be like, are right, we like the oil shit is done. Like we're going to make like a few trillion more dollars off of it. But like we're it's done. It's over. Um, We need to maybe think about pivoting. The United States is in a petrol state. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not as if this is our number one export, import, blah, 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 whatever. Like, we depend on, you know, the sale and distribution of fossil fuels to, to like, keep our economy going. Like, that's not the case here. They're not the big, bad, like, swinging dick in the American economy. They're just not. But yet they're able to just be like, no, we're never going to budge on this until, like, Literally, we have to. And I think the only thing that would work is literally these other business interests uh, ganging up on them. The other big American business interests, whether it be tech or whoever, like all these other people would have to be like, all right, guys, this, you guys got to get in line. Like, And you see it sometimes where yeah, the corporate interests go against something that you wouldn't expect them to, like when they're going against the cops. And it's like Black Lives Matter and shit like that. Like you'll see them do shit that you're just like, huh? Like the fucking ruling class cares about Black Lives Matter, or the ruling class cares about equality, and or the ruling class cares about like gay marriage. You see it every now and again. I don't see why they couldn't coalesce against something that you know matters to this magnitude. But whatever. Um, I digress. Next up, man. I do want to talk about Joe Biden's nomination for the supreme court because unsurprisingly uh uh katanji brown jackson who used to work in legal aid um you know basically public defender's office uh she's she's been nominated for the supreme court and you know the usual suspects on the republican side is nando brings his dog onto the yeah. show what's your dog's name elvis she's uh she's very nervous because michelle's out in the office and like when I'm potting and I'm here, she just she's like, "What are you doing up there? Like, I need I need to cover I need attention, you know." She was just crying in the background. Though. Oh, okay. So because Michelle is busy working, and now yeah. you're actually busy doing something. I'm just I'm like, being what the the nanny. Do I do? Yeah, these yeah, needy do do? ass dogs. That's why I'm a cat person, y'all. Um, <laughs> but no, we I do wanted to to briefly just talk about. Just the nomination process of Jackson and, you know, several other judges who, for whatever reason, you know, Joe Biden, I mean, excuse me, people like Nina Morrison and, um, you know, 
other people that that Joe Biden has for the federal bench, for the appeals court, for you know all these other big, big, big positions. Um, for whatever reason, Joe Manchin is letting it slide. I don't, I don't know why or how, but for whatever reason, Joe Manchin is fine with getting the first black woman onto the Supreme Court. I suspect it's because there's a ridiculous conservative majority, and so this doesn't ultimately matter. doesn't fucking matter whatsoever. But I think it's interesting to see what Biden is doing in the courts, because if you follow any of these nerdy like court watchers, and they're out there, um, oh, yeah. They go hard, like really go hard about watching these nominations and these these rulings and these precedents and all of that. Um, they'll say that this is the best shit Biden's doing. Like he's nominated a shit ton of judges, appointed a bunch of judges to a bunch of big courts. Um, then it'll probably be his only lasting legacy because God knows he's done dick all otherwise. Yeah, and this is an, an interesting um, thing that, like, kind of similar to the last segment, which shows just how difficult the the, the politics of climate are. This is shows just how difficult the the politics of of criminal justice are because mm-hmm. Biden has been surprising, I think, a lot of people in in nominating a bunch of a bunch of judges who were public defenders um, at some point, right? And public defenders, well, they defend people who can't afford a lawyer. Um, and you know that's often criminals, um, often working people. class criminal, yeah. poor people. You know, um, and you know, in the case of Katanji Brown, she even defended some of the some of the um, the detainees at Guantanamo. At Guantanamo, Bay. the quote unquote terrorists right. at Guantanamo. And just, exactly, and it's funny, you know, because Republicans like you know love to fucking jack off to the Constitution all the time, and like one of the rights enshrined in the Constitution is the right to. A free and fair trial, and a and a you know and a defense, you know that that someone will defend you, even, that the state will appoint um, a lawyer to defend you, no matter what you did, as heinous as you may have, whatever thing you may have done, that you deserve a full defense paid for by the state. That is a constitutional right, you know. That is a something that we believe. But in in this nomination process, like you watch their questions and they're like, you defended this rapist or you defended this child molester or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I did. That's, I'm a fucking public that's defender. That's job. Yeah. That's the, the fucking constitution. You know, like you're supposed to defend all these people and all these people deserve a defense, like no matter what the heinous crime is. This isn't Saudi um, Arabia where you just get beheaded, Ted Cruz. Exactly. Um, so they throw the constitution out the window whenever they feel like it. I mean, it's I mean, you know, talking about Republican hypocrisy is like, you know. Uh, as old hat as it could be but you know right. it is true it's uh, like it just happens to be true that they are just disgusting hypocrites um and you know you you look at this nomination process and like when katanji brown was nominated uh, you know i saw a lot of people be like yeah she'll be approved easily and i'm like oh have you guys been like in the last like 10 years of american politics like yeah nothing like this is easy Mm-hmm. Um, Republicans have understood correctly that a source of their power is their ability to just, you know, even if she was like basically a Republican, we're just going to stymie this as long as possible for whatever bullshit reason. And the fact that she's an actual kind of quote unquote progressive in the, you know, um, about as progressive as a Supreme Court nominee can be, um, just tells me that like the, the opposition to her in the nomination process is going to be absolutely insane. You know, like it's going to be insane. Like, I don't see any Republicans going after this, Uh, you know, in which case it it requires the Democrats to be totally uh, unified. And I don't trust them to be totally unified. You know, but yeah. So 
so I don't see this as uh, as much of a slam dunk as a bunch of people were saying early on. I was like, I mean, I don't know. I, I've, I've, this has happened in the past, and 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 it'll happen again. Like the the, the liberals and the mainstream press just never learn that the strategy for the Republicans is incredibly clear and consistent. It's just total opposition all all times for whatever thing, even if it's something we may even like. Just like total opposition, you know, there has to be like an insane reason for us to support you on something. What, like, you know, okay, the yeah, military, we'll the that's pop- it. The military, <laughs> yeah, we'll do bipartisan aid to Ukraine or whatever. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, they're going to do that, but um, or some just like absolutely disgusting corporate giveaway, like the bipartisan infrastructure bill. In which case, they still had to claw for like every single little measly Republican vote. Um, so yeah, uh, but it, it shows again, just like. Yeah, I mean, if you're a regular person and you see and you see some Republican up there being like, "Yo, this judge defended this person who raped 25 children," <laughs> and it's like, it's so, like a regular person would be like, "Shit, that's awful." That's right? crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, you know, it, it, you don't, especially when you're the news outlets that people typically get their news from. There's not going to be a lot of nuanced discussion and like scholarship done to really explain like how and what you know, the circumstances of this woman's career are, uh, it's just going to be fire breathing dragons, excuse me, at every single turn. And, you know, I think as horrible as it is, what's going on in the Ukraine, of course, between the, the Russian military and Ukraine, uh, all the oxygen that's getting, man, this is kind of nice that this judge stuff is going underneath the radar for her because if there was nothing else in the news cycle believe you me believe you me this her nomination and her career record would be leading a lot of major news outlets it'd be like crazy liberal joe biden wants to get somebody who's soft on child rape into the supreme court can you fucking believe it blah 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 but because of this ukraine thing is sucking up so much of the oxygen um, you know, luckily for all parties involved, uh, I think Biden is, 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 he might be able to get this thing through, which is, you know, I think it's a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully it is a nice thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is a nice thing. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's impossible. I'm just saying that it's going to be a dog fight. Like it's going to be, um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're going to get a public defender in um, or that they might get a public defender in is as, is to me as historic as, you know, the first black woman, you know, that a public defender. Those are pre- those really are kind of they're doing God's work. 100%. I mean, that is not an easy job. Um, those people are super overworked. They're underpaid. You know, they're they're, um, you know, working some really awful cases with against like often against like immeasurable odds and uh and they work long hours and yeah it's it's a tough one and they're doing it because they believe in in the constitutional right that everyone deserves a free and fair trial and um, look and, and and the reason why this is also important and we mentioned we we mentioned this all the time on the show but it's important that this woman is not some hoity-toity you know has all the right credentials uh, black person. We don't need any more fancy Negro reactionary ass black people in positions of power. We're done. We're good. It, like it, we get it, because the and the bottom line is the results never bear anything different. 
they move exactly as their contemporaries and peers do within every single elite circle and institution. There are no radical black people entrenched within the ruling class, right? Like it, it just doesn't fucking happen. And so I'm glad we didn't pluck this woman from, you know, 25 years in those ridiculously elite circles. Thank God, right? Like this seems to be somebody who has a grounding and a standing quite recently with very normal fucking people, you know, people who don't have MBAs, right? Like somebody who's, who's yeah. got some repartee with those kinds of people. And I think that's important, obviously um, in a position as, as important as um, Supreme court judge. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you identify as crypto curious? If you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Cryptocurrency might feel like a secret exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone, everywhere, should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. Sign up at Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offers for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. We move on from... Um... <laughs> from, it's a good one. From, from some pretty decent news, but like I really and but I'm about to watch this again right now, Nando. Yeah, just play, like watch it. it from four minutes. I'm playing it right now. Zelensky and other Ukrainian officials have made so clear that what they believe they need the most is more warplanes and fighter jets. So why is the U.S. assessing something different? Why does the U.S. believe they know better what Ukraine needs than what Ukrainian officials are saying they need the most? It sounds like, you know, we're pretty dug in on our position when it comes to the no-fly zone, when it comes to uh, the MiGs, uh, despite this growing call, bipartisan call in Congress to shift a little bit. So, to put it bluntly, is Zelensky wasting his time tomorrow? asking for these things. President Zelensky is going to be speaking to Congress tomorrow. He's been pushing for fighter jets, a no-fly zone. You have to hear some of those same requests tomorrow as well. Has the administration shift, thinking shifted on that at all? Julia, though, calling for a no-fly zone. They're a NATO <laughs> member. 
they share a border with Russia. How do we view their calls for a no-fly zone? Yeah. And on President Zelensky's address tomorrow, of course, he is expected to ask for more assistance, as my colleague noted. A lot of the U.S. positions on that haven't changed, as you just said, when it comes to the no-fly zone. But on the aircraft specifically, the Pentagon said last week that Secretary Austin said they do not support the transfer of additional fighter aircraft at this time. Is that still the United States' position? Would a, a strike in Poland on supplies or, or anything really uh, automatically be met with a military, a forceful response, or simply a conversation amongst allies about how to respond? There are reports that a Russian drone made its way into uh, Polish airspace before going back to Ukraine and being shot down. Does a drone into Poland count? Former ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Ivanovich, has been quite outspoken recently. And she said, we need to mitigate risk, but it's also true that not taking greater action comes with a risk as well, because Putin is a bully and he only understands strength. Is the president showing enough strength against Putin? Putin were to use chemical weapons, would it change the president's thinking when it comes to these MiGs, taking the no-fly zone off the table, but at least on this issue? Are you prepared? Can you give us any more details about what that threat means of severe consequences? The president obviously made the same threat last week. Is that purely economic consequences, or would there potentially be a military threat? Go ahead. So, aside from the request for weapons, President Zelensky has also requested that the U.S. be more involved in negotiations toward a peaceful resolution to the war. What is the U.S. doing to push those negotiations forward? Well, one of the steps we've taken, a significant one, is to be the largest provider of military and humanitarian and economic assistance in the world to put them in a greater position of strength as they go into these negotiations. We also engage and talk to the Ukrainians on a daily basis. And the president and this national security team has, has uh, rallied the world in being unified in their opposition to the actions of President Putin. So those are the steps we're taking. We also engage uh, oftentimes before and after any conversations that any of these uh, global leaders are having with both Russians and Ukrainians and encourage them to make sure they're engaging with Ukrainians directly. So would Zelensky be empowered by the United States to reach an agreement with Russia and have U.S. sanctions released as a result? Well, he's the leader of Ukraine, so he's empowered to have a negotiation with Russia, and we're here to support those efforts. Again, I'm not going to get ahead of a negotiation, but we are here to support those efforts. We discuss and have conversations with him, with his team on a daily basis. Bless Ryan Grimm, you know, he's one of the good God ones. Bless him, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, <sighs> that is, that's, that's incredible. It just that's shows the difference. Yeah. The difference between like, what is like a left political journalist like Ryan Grimm, whose focus is on like, yo, let's get cooler heads can to we prevail. Just, yeah, can we just stop shooting? Yeah, let's go to pre and in the mainstream media, which is just like all these White House press corps who are just like thirsting, lusting <laughs> for more war, and like without any understanding that like this is such this is like. But what about what about Estonia? This airspace yeah. there, they're a NATO country. Don't fly over there. What the fuck? And I love like the uh, Ukrainian identity politics angle of it. It's like, who are you to tell Ukrainians what they need? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's the as a black woman, like I can only it's speak insane. about, you know, like all this stuff. Yeah, this is like, yo, the Ukrainians are saying they want this. Like, why do you think you know better what's what's better for Ukraine than actual Ukrainians or whatever? And it's like, dude, this is not obviously the Ukrainians are getting shot at. Like, obviously, they're desperate. 
uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're in the best position to have a cool-headed, you know, big-picture understanding of the situation. And a no-fly zone would mean American planes shooting down Russian planes, which is a hot engagement between two nuclear powers. That's an act of war. Yes. And it's like, yo, we got to chill here. The good news is that today it was announced that it looks like Ukraine and Russia are making some nice progress on a actual peace agreement to end the war. Um, You know, with the big question being um, an official status of Ukraine as a as a as a neutral nation, which is what we've been talking about all along from the beginning. Oh, fucking bad about that. Who cares? Like, what does, like, what does it matter if Ukraine is seen as a neutral nation and not a NATO one? Like, is Ukraine, like, what the fuck is Ukraine ever going to do for the United, like, ever? Ever. This is so ridiculously stupid, man. Um, But again, that's a, that's a, I feel like that's a best of both worlds. Uh, compromise in the sense that you know people get to save face and say there's still a nationalistic pro-Ukrainian government installed. Um, and Putin could say, I got a promise from all of these cocksuckers that yeah. Ukraine, our neighbor, is not gonna be in NATO, who has been antagonizing us for 30 fucking years. So yeah. that's a nice, you know, basically compromise for all parties involved, which would be just fucking great. And I got to say, I've been pleasantly surprised by Biden's like strength, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. look at the media just blanketing, blanketing him to to do more war. That was insane. That was so ridiculous. Everybody in lockstep, like, all right, but but, 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 like, what's it going to take for you to put some tanks on the ground? What the fuck? Yeah. This isn't enough yet. Yeah, it's like what if uh you know what if Putin did did chemical weapons? Yes. What if Putin? What if Putin like banged your wife? What it's if Putin like, like what? What's it gonna take, bro? You know? All they want is they want that declaration so that they can run the headline. Biden administration says they will go to war for X. Yeah, which in and of itself is a provocation. You know, yeah. like it's it's just so it's so ridiculous. It's so insane. And, you know, thank God nobody at their press conference, because that's not meet the press. That's, a, you know, they're asking an official of the actual administration question. But, you know, on meet the press, you be hearing all kinds of shit about Neville Chamberlain and Hitler and this and yeah. containment and all of this dumb shit that they like to go with. But just watching these psychos just literally just dying to know what's it going to take for America to start killing people and get us on the path to nuclear war that was just insanity to me yeah yeah you know um i'll never forget the brian williams um clip when when trump launched those missiles at syria do you remember that at assad like early on in the is that the one where he said he finally became a president yes but he said (laughs) he's like he was like I feel moved to quote Leonard Cohen. I am awed by the beauty of our weapons. And it's like, <laughs> you, like you are sick. You guys sick. are just so sick. They're, they're, they're really, really sick in the head. But yeah, I just wanted to, I thought we had to share that because like we literally predicted this shit last week. Um, we talked about what was going to happen and and not just us, obviously, Ross Barkin, who we talked about his article, he predicted it. He's like, you're going to, like, it's going to happen. 
And what's going to be important is that the powers that be have some level of resolve and are able to be like that. That's stupid. Um, yeah. We want to stop the fighting as soon as we can. So we're going to follow that path, which seems to be what they're doing, which is a relief to everybody. Obviously, um, I don't got anything else to add. You got anything else? No, 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 no. You said it beautifully. That was it. Uh, that's our show for today. Of course, make sure you check us out next week. Make sure you're following every single count the Dings offering the Friday mailbag, pack your knives, cinephobe, uh, the OG bomb show. Of course, become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the Dings. Support what we're doing up here at the Woke Bros. Uh, we'll see you next week. Peace, y'all.